Scintillating Sutton, Wobbly Jelly, Triumph at Turkington and Dash Debuts, the BTCC has returned. Hello all and welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast. Um, we're going over the race review for Donington Park, uh, a weekend which none of us could unfortunately attend. Um, yet we all still got to watch on ITV. And got to watch some good racing at that. Yeah, a very uh, good start to the racing calendar. Uh, not acro- just across the BTCC, but a really strong-looking support package mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Minus the Porsches. Uh, <laughs> it was an enjoyable day of racing, and ITV have once again, again done a very good job of getting that on the telly for us with some excellent coverage, given the obvious... Uh, Challenging challenges. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good, good term for it in getting it to us. Uh, but yeah, a really good opening round. Lots of surprises. Yep. Um, lots of not surprises. And lots in the middle. So we might as well dive in and review where it all began, starting with qualifying on the Saturday. Qualifying report. Well, rolling into the first qualifying session of the year, um, we had conditions that were less than perfect, shall we say. We'd had hot Friday um, and Thursday before. However, we saw spots of rain at the start of the session on Saturday. However, before the session even got started, Jack Goff was already on the back foot, um, having suffered brake failure in FP2, which put him off heavily into the barrier at McLean's. Um, and it was also found out later on that Dan Camish, after FP2, had to have a differential change, with, which the team managed to complete in about 15 minutes. Yeah, great job by Dynamics. But not the greatest job of the Saturday. I said on Thursday it was going to be rain according to the Apple Weather app, yeah. and it was correct! It was correct. It's amazing. Um, getting into the session, uh, all went out on the soft medium tyres, no one went out on intermediates or wets, um, and the early pace setters, the people we would expect, Turkington, Ingram, Butcher, all lighting up the timing screens with green and purple sectors across the board. Uh, Butcher was the first one to fall foul of the tricky conditions, shall we say, um, having a little excursion down the crane curves where either on cold, colder tyres or just it got a bit st- Greasier, or possibly even just wrong setup. Brand new car, yeah. you know, ever changing conditions. You're not guaranteed to have it set up if you've not had that car for a year or so. So, a number of factors. Uh, he wasn't the only motor-based driver to have a small off, though. Andy Neat took uh, a small excursion around the outside at Coppice. Um, we'll get onto it later, but that's only really his only real yeah. mistake all weekend, wasn't it? In a, yeah. in a brand new car, having not raced for several mu- uh, years, even uh, in the touring cars, pretty pretty good. Uh, on the outlaps, Nick Hamilton probably had the most telling problem. <laughs> most obvious, anyway. But certainly the most obvious, yes. Uh, it seems that one of the bonnet pins may have failed um, and spectacularly flipped the bonnet up onto the windscreen and then dragged it down the side of the car. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how it didn't all come off. No, I can. it's odd because if only one failed, yeah. it's still bizarre that it forced the other one open. Well, the, the amount of speed he was doing down that back straight, the wind gets under that. They're only really light bonnets, yeah, aren't they? but it, ripped, it didn't sort of buckle it, it sort of ripped it up mm. cleanly, which is surprising. I'd have, I'd have thought with the pin still holding it in place, it either ripped the, through the pin or sort of buckled around the pin yeah. that's still locked in place. It was. I don't know, I don't know how these are designed to work, but yeah, that was an obvious problem that did sort of 
impede his progress. Yep, um, Donington, as we all know, is an MSV track, and they are all fitted with pressure pads to mark the track limits. And um, there are quite a few drivers that fell foul of deleting times and flaunting track limits. Uh, Ash Sutton was the most notable, having three deleted in the end. Uh, however, it seems that he was just finding the limits, and he was able to um, get get a lap together and put it up in third on the grid. Yeah, which is an amazing achievement for a car that we didn't see too much promise from at the back end of last season under Ada Moffat. Well, no, yeah, we, we kind of ruled them off pretty much straight away in the preview pods, which is always a dangerous thing to do with Ash. Um, but even then, we weren't completely sold if it was the car. We did think, was it because it was greasy, mm. slightly wet conditions, you can give Ash an oxen cart in that condition, he'll find <laughs> a way of getting it to the top because he's so good in the wet. Um, we'll get on to obviously how he came, uh, how his performances continued throughout the weekend. Uh, Turkington, however, was the pace setter. He'd been fastest in FP1 and FP2 and was the only man to get into the 108s in qualifying and with that took pole position. Uh, there was a red flag in the session and that was due to one of the motorbase cars clipping the wrecked cell barriers at the final chicane, something which we could have all probably predicted. Um, but as the uh, qualifying session got back underway, it seemed that the track conditions got worse, um, a bit more dampness on track, and people weren't really able to improve their times. However, we did see finally Jack Goff get back out onto the track after the, uh, the rebuild job that Team Hard had to do there. Absolutely, and Turkson set the lap record uh, in qualifying, uh, moving into the first time ever, the 108s, albeit only just. Yes, very much only but just, two thousands. Yeah, they all count, they all count. And once again, as you'd expect, a ridiculously close qualifying. I was re-watching this morning, you have to go back to, I believe it was uh, Six. car 17 before a second yeah. became the difference. Which It's what we expect from the BTCC qualifying nowadays. Um, yeah to be such a tight grid uh, and it was even tighter up at the front with only just just under a uh, tenth of a second between top three. Yeah, Cameron was quite magnanimous in the interview afterwards where he said you know, he gave the best lap he could ever give and yeah. there still wasn't quite enough to beat the BMW. Um, of course, with Turkson on pole, there's already some rumblings on the Saturday evening of here we go again, BMW were going to dominate the series. <laughs> But as we're going to get on to, it didn't quite follow that way. For me, a notably good performer in qualifying was Morgan. Yeah, I mean, he was impressive all weekend of that car. They've worked yeah. so hard on that, clearly, in the off-season to make that competitive. Um, I think the biggest surprises for me were, however, Butcher in a brand new car. Yeah. I mean, what do you not want if you've got a brand new car? Wet conditions, mm. changing conditions, greasy track. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing you want, and he sticks it in the tops, uh, top ten. And Hill, what, what a good yeah. qualifying performance that is we, we know how good that car is um, unfortunately his weekend after that didn't quite go to plan no uh, notable miss or absentees from the top 10 Chilton yep who uh, did he turn up this weekend <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it's because you backed him mate it's because you backed him yeah, yeah, yeah and Moffat who was a long way off his teammate in uh, yeah. third race one and so, with anticipation high, race one began, and it was Colin Turkson who blasted away from pole behind what was a fairly sluggish Dan Camish. I know the rear-wheel drive played its part, but Turkson really was far in front when it came to the first corner. Yes, he was. Uh, Ash Sutton also in that rear-wheel drive, uh, Laser Tools Infinity got a great start as well. Rear-wheel drive. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was notable how slow Camish was off the line being in that front-wheel drive car, and obviously... Not having a proper race start for the last, what, six, seven months? Yeah. 
bit rusty. A little bit rusty. Um, and then what really stuck out to me in the first few laps was uh, Ash stuck to the back of Colin's uh, BMW. Yeah, he had the tow rope on. Uh, <laughs> was was following Turkington's every move. And yeah, the BMW who we saw last year get away uh, when it was out in front in clean air. That car goes, and we were, yeah, it does. There's a little bit of worry after he came. Uh, out in front into the first corner that would be the race done but Ash really did stick to the back of him mirrored his every move uh, and was driving on the absolute edge and a little bit more of the uh, Infinity uh, until it all started to go a little bit wrong yeah so Ash was evidently quicker yes um, and was looking very racy and he was uh, he made a great move coming out of old hairpin got down the inside round the outside back into the inside for McLean's. Yeah, which Turkington gave him excellent room, racing yep, room for. And Camish, watching behind, described the move afterwards as ballsy, yeah. which I think it's fair to say yeah, it was. was. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I don't know whether Sutton is still learning the width or length of his car, because mm. he seemed to cut across the front of Turkington going to McLean's, which what? really unsettled it. Yeah, a couple of times this weekend he was guilty of that. Uh, we'll come to the race two later, but he did a similar thing with Jelly later on. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you're right, there's initial contact with Colin which slowed him down, completing the move which allowed Dan Camish back into play. Just slid right up the inside, didn't he? Beautiful the, move. There was a big gap for yeah, him, and was, he yeah. took the opportunity, which is what we all know him to do. Um, and then all hell seemed to break loose at the next corner. Yeah, so behind <laughs> Butcher, Ingram and Oliphant are all sort of queuing up, waiting to, for them to chip over themselves into yeah. profit. Uh, and then it... Is a classic case of three into one doesn't go. I mean, about six into one. Well, six into one in this case. I mean, Ash did try and force Camish out, uh, yeah. to which he said no. Thank He's not you having it. He's not having that, and he pushed. Uh, he pushed uh, Ash back. It's a firm move. Firm move by both of them. Bit of yeah. door banging. You expect that, but that kind of carried Ash a little bit further into Colin's path, and then. Colin, I think when you're, I've watched the replay a couple of times today, I think he is trying to back out of it, you know. I think he is off the throttle, but I think yeah. he is trying to back out. But then, because he's doing that and slowing down mid-corner, suddenly Tom Ingram's in the back of him. As is his, Butcher into the back butch- of him. Because there's nowhere to go. There's nice. nowhere left to go. You're not expecting Colin to slow down in the corner. It's a Constantina effect, um, which eventually puts Colin into the back quarter of uh, Sutton and eventually turns him round, which was really unfortunate <laughs> considering how much pace Sutton had showed. Yeah, I mean, Ash, I think, would have felt aggrieved, however say. At the time, I did think Colin was a, to, to blame, mm. but having watched back the incident several times, I, I do think you actually see Colin try and slow the car down, and it's just a case of, as you say, six into one corner just does not go in the touring cars. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, Dan went on to fairly much control the race, um, nicely out front. At a couple of points, we thought, OK, has Butcher got the pace to get up to him, get past him, is Turkington going to fight back through because he'd been held up in that situation with Sutton spinning across him um, but no it was it was fairly comfortable for Dan for most of the race yeah I was surprised that the BMW did seem to struggle in race conditions I don't know if yeah. it was greasy and cold um, we know the BMW has never been strong in the wet for the last 15 years we've been watching it's never gone well in those conditions it takes a few extra laps it gets tyres warmed up as well Yep. Uh, and that probably takes an extra couple of laps in the wet or, or grease or cold for those to get warmed up fully as well um, but he didn't really stick to the back of Dan until they were bunched up under a safety car. What caused the safety car? Hmm. Unfortunately, Nick Hamilton caused the safety car. Um, had a small issue going into the final chicane and clipped the rectus cell barrier, which put him into the gravel on the outside, which he just managed to bury it in, um, along with a small small brake fire. Oh, God. 
strategy of that Marshall trying to... <laughs> Marshall trying to put out a brake fire with gravel. I mean, to be fair, sand does put out fires. If he crunched in the gravel, <laughs> yeah, enough, no. it would have created sand. Um, is that the most pointless barrier in motorsport? Because I was getting quite annoyed that you know, we had to have an extra couple of laps under the safety car, I think, in race two, so they could put the barrier back up. Yeah. And before the safety car had even come in, they'd been taken out again. I know they're there to stop you cutting the chicane, but do you need something more like a Monaco where it's an actual barrier to stop you cutting the chicane, steel barrier? Oh, I I'm, I'm wonder how big you have to make a sausage curb in touring cars for mm. them not to use it. Well, I know there's a lot of... Because they'll just bounce across them. Yeah, but with the sausage curb, as we've seen with, at Thruxton, that it can be dangerous to these cars. Because mm. unlike the Formula 1 cars, exactly. it, it doesn't break the wheel off. It'll just flip the car over. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure because it, it just seems pointless. And it's, you know, within the end of the first lap, it's been moved... It just seems... The the only answer that I can see is using those pressure pads, but they're going to be really difficult to monitor, I think, being yes. on the inside of corners. Yeah. On the outside of corners, fair enough. It's much easier to work out when you've got all four wheels going off the track. With that, cutting from the inside of one to the inside of another, it's going to be very difficult. And you saw how much dirt they brought up once those yeah. barriers have been moved. Well, that's what I'm thinking, is it best to barrier that part, but then there's high speed, or do you do what Thruxton have done, which is creating an absolute bank of those, rather than just mm. one or two bits of foam on the yeah. inside of a corner, which can be moved out of the way easily. The Thruxton one is is a bank, more than, yep. a, you know, which does sort of put people off going into them. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Dan went on to win from... Colin and a fantastic serve from Rory Butcher. Yep, who did very well to keep a very racy Tom Ingram behind him, who himself had made an excellent move on Oliphant. Um, yeah, I've said it during the day several times. <laughs> Is he the best overtaker in the touring cars? I, I, at the time, I said no, uh, and I still stand by that. Just because one of the moves that Sutton made in one of the later races, but uh, which we'll get onto. And whilst I agree that Sutton is an incredible overtaker, I think Tom pips it in my book because you never see Tom get into trouble with an overtake he measures them perfectly he doesn't get turned around because he's misjudged it he, he's a very clean crisp overtaker Ash mm. drives on the Ash is all or nothing isn't he yeah and he goes to the absolute limit of inches and centimetres and yeah. you will you will get your door rubbed if Ash Sutton's coming past you but there's nothing wrong with that it's an aggressive style of racing but for pure technique and the way uh, the way sorry that Tom can sweep past you I think he's the best overtaker in the sport okay uh, other notable moments in the race, uh, early on we saw Co Cook get forced wide, yep. um, which put him right down the pack. Um, he didn't seem to make too much progress coming back through, um, which was probably the story of BTC's day. He had a fight with Bortley as well into the chicane later on, which would put uh, Cook onto the gravel again, which lost him even more time. Yep, he did. Um, Proctor, unfortunately, in that brand new Hyundai, suffered what looked like a turbo failure yep. um, coming down the main pit straight, um, which was disappointing because both both of them had been running fairly well in that race as well. Yep. Um, and as you put in the report that we wrote up, Osborne was probably one of the standouts in that race. Yep, two, two standouts in that race, other than the front runners, obviously. Osborne, who debuted last season in I think it's fair to say the MGs that were well 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 past yep. their sell by date uh, he, I mean, he took points you've got to give him credit to take points in that car is, is impressive and he didn't look out of place uh, at the front end of the grid in the Honda Civic this year you know he was getting involved in racing he was you know doing moves defending well giving racing room when it was necessary he didn't look at all out of his depth 
at all nope. uh, at the front towards the front of the grid an excellent career best seventh yep. um, and the other person who did very well was Chris Smiley yeah. uh, excellent points with the Hyundai in 8th place finish yep. very solid start to the weekend for what is a very exciting car and looks the absolute dogs <laughs> both of them had already qualified in the top 15 as yep. well which is a really good start for them and then to consolidate it into the race and turn it into good yep. points that, you know, two top 10 finishes they'll be over the moon of that and Jelly as well yeah. strong in the top 10 yeah, it's a it's a performance that Jelly can can build on, mm. um, and I think he probably needs to build on this season, as we know how many incidents he got into last season. Uh, just to give you a rundown of the top ten finishers, we had Dan Camish in first from Colin Turkington, Roy Butcher third, Ingram in fourth, Matt Neal a decent fifth, yeah, um, pretty much went under the radar. Which is what Matt will be wanting to do this year. You know, yeah. Get as many points as possible for the team. Stay under the radar. Yeah, solid but not spectacular. Uh, Tom Oliphant finished in sixth. Again, another under the radar performance from him. Lacking in racecraft, would you say? I'm disappointed because this is the first time of the season, and probably the only time of the season, he won't have any success balanced on board. Yeah. And I don't think he got the best out of the, the car. I think he was too easily passed by Tom. I know, notwithstanding what I said about Tom's overtaking, it was a very easy pass. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right in race car. I mean, it's only his third season in, the, in yep. the sport. He's he has improved season on season. That that, that is you know, fair to say. Yep. I just was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't closer to the front three, given that was a balanced three BMW. Yes, it was. Uh, as we said, Sam Osborne finished seventh, followed by Chris Smiley and Stephen Jelly, and rounding out the top ten was Tom Chilton. Yeah, he didn't qualify particularly well. No. I mean, that was a solid start to the day, given where he qualified. Yep. It should have been a good building block for moving forward. But let's go on to race two and find out what happened there. Race two. Moving into race two now. Um, and as we all know, fans of the British Touring Cars, race two is where they have ballast added for the first time this season. Um, and this season they have new increments of ballast being added. Yeah. So with most being 60 and then going down towards 10th, going down in 6 kilo increments. Um, so a little less for the pole sitter or winner from race 1 yep. to carry this season. Um, do you think it's slightly slightly fairer? Um, I mean, ballast is ballast. I don't think it matters. Mm. Yeah, I think that... Well, it's a 15 kilo drop. Yeah, I was going to say, I think from last year we did see too often that winning race one you almost got penalised because mm. you would then fall back so far in race two yeah. so I think they're right to reduce it I I'm, wouldn't want to see it go for good because no. I think it does help to even out the field but I think last year it was probably better to get a third even a fourth in race one to keep you competitive for race yeah. two and then keep you in the mix for race three I mean I know we saw on occasion Colin win race one and two last year but that yeah. BMW just was so quick and it takes the ballast very, very well. Yes, it they does. They found the right place to put it. It does take the ballast very, very well. I think, yeah, I think this is a good way of, of stopping the penalisation of winning a race because you shouldn't be penalised for winning a race to the no. point where you're not competitive the rest of the weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and as you said, Turkington seemed to manage the ballast well, starting second on the grid. He went on and basically dominated race two. Yeah. Apart from one safety car which brought them all back together, he was out front by. A couple of seconds for most of the race. Yeah, it was a bit. He was a bit boring, really, wasn't he? Yeah. All the action was behind him. It was one of those uh, performances people had feared coming into the season that it would be all bells and all dominance from the BMW. And in this particular race, it was. I think part of that is the track was dry. Yeah. 
the faster cars were behind him but couldn't get through and the BMW carries the weight very very well. Kamish who won race one had the most ballast on board and him and Neil seemed to struggle with the weight on board that car. Yeah Kamish dropped like an absolute stone through yeah. the order didn't he just slow couldn't seem to get any sort of speed through the fast corners and nope. Donington's a place where you're going to hurt because there's a lot of fast corners at Donington and a lot yeah. of long straights you know you need to be able to carry the ballast well. Early troubles, um, though, in race one were mainly caused because of the retire uh, from race one were mainly caused from engine troubles. So Jake Hill, who we didn't mention, had to pull out of race one with engine troubles. So did James Gornall, obviously rookie this year, and we mentioned Senna Proctor. Yeah, we forgot to mention James Gornall in race one. Actually, there was points in race one where he was very racy. Yeah, you know, up there dicing with Bobby. Yep. looking very very strong, uh, and it's just a shame that. That was pretty much the story of all three of their weekends, was it? Hill, Gornar and Proctor. Yep. Mechanical issues really did sort of ruin and hinder them. Yeah, the latter two didn't actually make the grid um, for race two, so we only had 24 cars. Yep. Um, but as I said, Tom Turkington was dominant. Um, Aidan Moffat picked up a 10-second penalty from being out of place on the grid, which is it's a silly mistake, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's almost inexcusable at this level, isn't yeah. it? Yes, yeah. and they haven't said that Kimmy managed to start in the wrong place at the back of the grid in F1 <laughs> the week or so ago. But yeah. yes, he did. <laughs> but yeah, out of position, you know, it's one of those where did he roll forward before he should have done, or was it because he was completely out of position on the on the grid box? Yeah, we we weren't able to see it because um, it's believed that they don't have the cameras in cars at the moment because of the pandemic, right. um, and so less people going in and out of the cars means less. Yeah. Risks. Yeah. Um, so we didn't actually see any onboard shots this weekend. Oh, I hadn't actually picked up on that until yeah. you mentioned that. Oh, very good. Um, after lap one of race two, Ollie Brown unfortunately fell uh, fell foul of early troubles. It was said to be clutch issues which put him out for the race, um, which is a bit of a shame for the scholarship winner. Uh, he would be hoping to get more and more laps under his belt and more and more experience. Yep. Uh, you mentioned that there was a safety car. I uh, did. Who caused the safety car? Was it uh, a deja vu? It, it was two for two. Uh, Nick Hamilton, this time I put Coppice a little bit earlier in the lap, um, went wide and again sunk it into the gravel. This time no fire though. No, it's one of those where it's you shouldn't be making that mistake at this level. It's the same mistake both times. You've you've not braked in the right zone, and you've mm. let the car flip round on you. Having said that, in his defence, it is a new car to learn. Yep. It is the first race of slippery track conditions, and you know I, I'm willing to give him a pass this weekend as you get to grips with the car. But plus, it is a bit of a boat. Yeah, <laughs> I do think they're, that they're fairly rookie errors at that level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, as you said, it closed up the field. Um, and the big lead that Turkington had built up. However, upon the restart, it was just as comfortable for him. Uh, meanwhile, Ash Sutton was fighting back through the field, started mm-hmm. 14th, um, and managed to push it all his way up to 5th. So e- excellent drive. Another two laps, he'd have had uh, a podium as well. Yeah. He wouldn't would have caught Colin. Uh, no. But just to be fair, this thing with Colin for the opening lap after the safety car, but then did fall away. I think that's a mixture of new car and... Um, just trying to learn, manage yep. the car, manage the race pace, manage the tyres. Yep. I think that's that was understandable. But yeah, Ash Sutton, wow, that was insane. <laughs> the way he catches. Some of his moves as well. Yeah, some of the moves were borderline to whether they are... Uh, yeah, um, forceful. Know, forceful. I mean, he was very forceful with Jelly. Yep. 
Um, but he seemed to make Coppice Corner his own, and that was that was mm. where he was getting all the moves done. Yeah, he always seemed to get a, a cutback, and that Infinity has got decent pace down the straights. It's also got a tremendous drive off the corners. Yeah. Really good traction coming off there. Are we going to see the car get turned down? I don't know where to go with this, because it's been in the chat on a lot of the forums today, a lot of the Facebook groups, you know, is that car too quick? But the evidence against it is in his own team. Is in, in his yeah. own pit. It's box. Moffat. Yeah, he's Moffat is over a second slower, most yeah. m- more often than not, than Ash. Mm. So is this a case of a car that's too quick? Or you could say that with quite a few of Ash's teammates. You look at him in the Subaru, and he was a yeah. second quicker than most people he was racing against. And the difference is that last year the, the three BMWs were so uh, Oliphant yeah. as well in his second season was dominating as well. Yeah. Um, and Sutton and Tur- no, sorry, and uh, Jordan and Turkton were in a league of their own. Yep. Whereas this year, I think it, I think it personally is a case of top driver in a car he feels very very comfortable with. He's just clicked with the car very quickly, yep. and he's able to rinse every single ounce out of that car. Uh, unfortunately, race two was one to forget for MB Motorsport. Uh, Jake Hill obviously had an engine change from race one. He then went out with further engine troubles in race two, and it seems as if Sam Osborne did as well. Um, yeah. Reliability is going to be an issue this season if it carries on like that. Which is bizarre, because last year, same car, hmm? no mechanical issues. Almost, like, almost bulletproof. Yeah, I can't remember any obvious mechanical issues. I remember a few incidents that got quite yeah. but not mechanical issues. No. Um, very surprising, very surprising, and worrying if that's on both cars as well. That's, yes. the, that's the worry, that's yeah. the worry. Um, yeah, certainly a race that they'll uh, want to put to the back of their memory. Absolutely. Um, the finishing positions were uh, Turkington from Butcher from Oliphant. Oliphant made a good late move to get up onto the podium. Yep. Um, past Ingram in fourth. Sutton, as we said, fifth. Camish and Neil struggled to sixth and seventh in my my eyes. Good finish though for Camish. Solid top ten finish. He needs to make sure he gets the points if he's going to mount a charge. So yeah, that's respectable. Uh, Morgan building on what he he'd done at the start of the weekend finishing 8th Jelly another solid ninth, uh, and Cook in 10th just quickly before we go on to race 3 what do you think the dynamic if you're part of the planet dynamics <laughs> is at the moment is Neil from the off the second driver because he didn't he's been behind Karish almost by a place all weekend and never once attacked him now yeah. Matt Neil when he used to race with Gordon Shedden was fair Shedden was fair game yeah, they never. Well, they they did actually. So <laughs> but generally speaking, they were fairly clean. But yeah. his teammate was always fair game. Whereas, whether it was, he couldn't, i.e., the car wasn't good enough, which I don't think is the case. Mm-hmm. All weekend, he didn't go after Carriage. Indeed, when Sutton was coming through in this race, Neil actually backed off to yeah. allow Carriage to get away to yeah. try and keep Sutton. I mean, Sutton got past him in a couple of corners, but you notice yeah. that Neil completely backed off the back of Carriage to try and hold Sutton up as much as possible. Yeah. Which indicates to me that Neil very much knows his place as second driver now, which is... I, th- I think yes, considering the season that Camish had last season. Uh, and I think Neil is he's realistic in what he can do now. He's the oldest driver on the grid, most experienced, and he he knows how to play the team game. And if he can go up there and back Camish up in position behind him, two positions behind him. One, it's good for the Constructors Championship or Manufacturers and two, he can be that rear gunner for Camish. Oh, he can and he's proven it before. I just find it interesting that everything is equal this weekend as it were. You know, both have got a shot at the Championship if they, you know, if that's If they want it, yeah. I just find it 
interesting and telling that straight from the off Neil appears to have accepted that he is now second driver mm. and it is up to him to allow Kamish to, to take the maximum points which is so early on it is interesting yeah um, the reverse draw grid uh, was made straight after the race by Colin Turkington and unfortunately he picked out number 12 with a very odd mask he was wearing as well yes I know <laughs> um, which was Chris Smiley Chris Smiley on par in that brand new Hyundai was, for race 3 he was absolutely beaming race 2 so just like that, race three was ready to start. And race three is traditionally the wackiest of the weekend, isn't it? it Most unpredictable. Um, yeah. Most sort of instant field, gloves are off. And it didn't really disappoint, did it? <laughs> Leave the rule book where it is and uh, let them race. So obviously Smiley began on pole in the Hyundai. Um, but it was a fantastic start by both Jackson and Jelly off the line. Yep, something that we would expect from Jelly in that rear-wheel drive BMW. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed how Ollie Jackson managed to hook it up in that new Focus off the line. He was quietly very good all weekend, wasn't he? Consistent. Consistent. Yeah. And that's what let him down at points last year. You yes. get a, a, a good points result here or there, but three good results for Ollie this weekend. Yep, powered off into the lead um, and looks quite comfortable for the first couple of laps. Yep, Jelly had got out onto the grass from the off. It was a... Uh, it seemed that there was a new jelly behind there. It wasn't safety first jelly. He was going for that in that race. He yes, was going he for was. a podium. He was going for the win if he could. Um, but it was Jackson who led into the first corner. Yep, going down toward, through the craners, down to the old hairpin. Unfortunately, at the back of the grid, there was uh, a little coming together between Boutel, the new driver at Carloop, and Ollie Brown, the scholarship winner at Team Hard. Um, which sent Boutel off into the gravel. Yep. Luckily, able to get it back out, although it did cause a safety car for them not one, not knowing whether he was able to get it out. No, um, they scrambled it quickly because it it's a dangerous position yes. to have a car stranded there. So. Um, and there was significant damage on the front, e- front end of Brown's Volkswagen, um, which put him out for the rest of the race. Yep, and then to compound a really miserable weekend at MB Motorsport, Hill would come into the pits with further issues. Yeah, Osborne would later join him. I believe Hill got back out, but was you know, I think that was basically test laps at that point to try and make sure they've got something that's not going to blow up on them. He, he might as well have had a hamster and a wheel underneath the bonnet this weekend. It might have gone a bit quicker. My tip for the championship as well. <laughs> falling away. Yeah. Um, but see, MB Motorsport won't forget after such a promising qualifying as well. They'll be really disappointed at that, and they've got to really pick up now at Brands Hatch, and they've got yeah. a car to work there. If they, yeah. You know, but with the short turnaround time, if that, uh, if the issue isn't obvious. Yeah, I wonder how many engine rebuilds they've got to do mm. in a week. I imagine that there'll be a lot of people pouring over a lot of data today, sweating very, very, very much, trying to work out what's wrong with that car. Yep. Smiley um, had decent race pace, kept up with Ollie Jackson at the start, um, mm. and Josh Cook was looking relatively strong in the in the Civic, um, something which we hadn't really seen all weekend. No, I was absolutely uh, shocked, actually, by the race pace of the Hyundai. Uh, certainly in Smiley's hands, no yeah. protest various issues with it and was still getting scripts of the car. Smiley's taken to that like a duck to water and you know, showed really good pace out front on that yep. car. And he, he was able to fight and fend off um, attacks from Cook. Um, however, he wasn't particularly well able to fight off any attacks from Ash Sutton who was again making his way through the grid. Yeah, so Ash was certainly starting to carve his way through the grid and then he came up to the rear of Jelly who 
I'm sure you'd be grateful that ITV commentator just said that he's having oh. a very good race, very quiet, very strong, not having any of the bad jelly luck that struck. I said to you at the time, that's just cursed him, hasn't it? And then what? Later? Not even that. that, I don't think. He comes out of the final chicane uh, and faces backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, eff- he effectively takes evasive action over the uh, chicane, over the gravel, and then loses it on the way back out. Yep. In my opinion, it's Jelly's fault. I think you've, you know, he, he'd lost the corner, he'd lost the position, concede, break, except you might lose a couple of positions and get back. He tried to fight an un. It, it, it was unusual how he managed to lose the back end of the car coming back onto the track um, after cutting the chicane. I can only assume just lack of grip, dirt yeah. on the tyres, rear wheel drive, round you go. Because yeah. almost concurrently, <laughs> Tom Ingram was holding a slide. Now, I sideways, wasn't he? It's yeah. not quite obvious from TV footage, mm. but Matt Neal was behind him. <laughs> what are you saying? I think, well, the way he, he went sideways, I'm imagining there was contact. Yeah. But it wasn't obvious on the TV footage, obviously, so no on-board footage, but I would have thought there was a tap that sent him around, very well held by Ingram, uh, and that really did sum up in left side of the circuit, right hand of the circuit, the difference between a rear-wheel drive car losing it and a front-wheel drive car losing it, because yeah. Tom was able to power it and get get back through. Uh, all of that was great news for Saturn, who had left that lot behind and was hunting down the lead. <laughs> he was flying away from that lot, wasn't he? Within half a lap, he was on their tail, which yeah. is... He he was second, second and a half quicker than some people in front of him. Well, he was putting in one minute nines, which is qualifying pace. Yeah. In race conditions, with race weight, etc. Yeah. Stunning. And, and and with ballast, don't forget. Albeit not the full amount. No. But with ballast. Um, as Smiley was able to pass Jackson, um, who eventually got shuffled out by Cook as well, um, and then there was a little little coming together between Morgan, Ash and Cook which eventually profited Ash um, down the back straight his favourite place to overtake probably in Britain at the moment yep. um, and yeah he, he powered up to the back of Smiley and passed him with ease as well and then was off into the sunset yeah you mentioned Morgan there we've not really mentioned much of him uh, this nope. podcast but a very strong weekend from him overall he had a bit of contact in one of the earlier races with Ollie Jackson which uh, resulted in a uh, verbal warning for Ollie Jackson oh really yeah um, going into the chicane uh, he didn't break in time effectively sent Morgan <laughs> across uh, which ruined that race for him but you know he did well here he knew when to concede he knew when to race um Ash also got past Cook uh, cleanly and then waved uh, thank you to Cook as he went through. Yeah, because, he did. <laughs> uh, as Cook said afterwards, he wasn't holding him back, which is what no. I mentioned earlier with Jelly. Sometimes you've got to know when to concede. Yeah. And Cook knew he wasn't going to be able to hold Sutton back. Even if he held him back for that corner, what what was realistically going to happen? So let him through, gave him space, and then Cook would go and hunt down Smiley. Yeah, the, uh, the BMWs and Butcher were all... On the reverse grid, they're all in the same sort of positions back in 11th, 12th, 10th. Um, and they didn't really make too much progress from there with the weight on board, did they? No, they seem to struggle towards the back of the grid, uh, or back of the uh, top 15 points, rather. Olyphant finished in front of Turkin, which I thought was interesting. Clearly no team orders at BMW this early on. Um, no, not yet. Although, to be fair, such was the proximity of the cars. If uh, Tom had let Colin through, Tom would have lost at yeah. least one, if not two, positions yeah. uh, because of that and also Colin wasn't going to go chasing down the road to the next pack either so fairly fairly uh, good reasoning as to why Tom didn't, didn't concede a place to Colin um, a couple of 
exciting moments at the back of the grid. We yeah. saw Crease and Bordley uh, fighting for points, which was good. Yeah, good to see both of them fighting for points. Yep, both in amongst the uh, works BMWs as well, and doing fairly good jobs around there. Uh, and Bobby Thompson had a little bit of a brown trouser moment <laughs> coming out of the chicane and dropping it onto the gravel. Yes, he did. Um, it was a, a good catch, um, but something he probably want to, won't want to do again too soon. No, and disappointment of this race has to be Tom Chilton. You know, just I, either him or Moffat. Yeah. Yeah, well, Moffat. I mean, Tom's in a car where you'd expect him to be at the front of the grid. I mean, I certainly expect him to be at the front of the grid. <laughs> He just didn't have the pace at all this weekend. I mean, if you told me he hadn't turned up, I would have gone been more excited or more interested than his actual race results. Just remember, this is his first time in this car. Yes, I'm just putting that out there that it's his first season in this car at BTC. Cook's been there, done it before for the last season, and Crees was round about the same sort of positions for Chilton for most of the weekend. Okay, two points come to mind there though. Smiley's in a new car, who Chilton has effectively replaced and has done. A, a much yes, better job yes. in a, a brand new car, yep. with, which is a much harder job, I'd say, than what Tom's got to do at yep. BTC. And Tom is not a grade two driver or a driver who's coming into his second or third season. Tom is a very experienced driver, and I would have expected him to have got to grips with the car quicker. Yep. Certainly not, okay, not necessarily in a race in the opening weekend, but certainly not be where he was. And not even looking racy. That's the thing, he wasn't even looking racy where he was. No. No, it wasn't. If you're back there because of bad qualifying, but you're racing, you're getting in amongst it, you're pulling moves, you see the potential, you go, okay, actually, you know, like with uh, Gornell and Thompson, they weren't at the front, but they were showing things that were making you go, oh, actually, do you know what? This could be quite good for them this year. Yeah, they were racing each other quite hard as well. Yeah, I didn't see any of that with Tom. It's kind of, um, you know, he was just there. He was a bit like Everton in the Premier League, just, yeah, just there. Man. Cheers. Um, moving on to the race results for race three now. As we said, Ash Sutton took the win from Chris Smiley. An excellent podium for that car. Um, something which we were umming and airing about before the season, but on first standing, I think that might collect a couple more podiums, maybe in a, even a race win this year. Looks stunning as well. Yeah, That's does. a really good job on that car. Uh, Josh Cook finished in third, Adam Morgan in fourth, Ollie Jackson, another solid performance, uh, in fifth. Yeah, he'll be disappointed not to take a win, or at least a podium, given he was on second row of the grid. When you look at the drivers who have beaten him, I think yep. you, you probably say fair enough. Uh, Tom Ingram finished in sixth, another consistent display from him. Consistent, but a little bit disappointed he'll be to be that... Okay, good finishes, finishing the top six uh, in all three races. He would disappoint not to have a podium under his belt, given where he was running. Uh, Dan Kamish, uh, followed, followed by Matt Neal. Uh, Tom Oliphant and Colin Turkington to round out the top 10. Um, notably, Crease and Bordley both got points. Yep. Um, which is good for those drivers. Yeah, absolutely. They looked, they looked good. Uh, race 1 and 2, they were both a little bit uh, non existent. But actually, come race 3, they, they looked to be getting to grips with the car. Yeah, they each. did. And, you know, exciting to see what's coming from them. Definitely is. Going back to have a look at our pre-race predictions now. Um, you can go and catch up with those on the previous podcast if you missed it. Um, but we had a quick guess at the race winners for this weekend um, and also who would be leading the championship. Uh, I believe I went for my three race winners were Kamish, Cook and Neil. Neil. And yours were... A waste of time. <laughs> uh, Ingram. Yes. Hill. Lovely. 
as you fair, Hill was look in race one. If he, yeah. That wasn't beyond the realm's possibility from where he was when he retired. Just you know, make yourself feel slightly better. Okay. Ah, Chilton. Worst and race. Chilton. Yeah. If okay. he'd finished twelfth, he'd have been on pole. <laughs> so, if ifs and buts and all that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I was fortunate enough to get Camish right for the first race. Although I thought he would also be on pole, which he did only just miss out on. Yeah, I had Ingram as my pole sitter again. Not a bad suggestion, given that he wasn't too far off either. No, he wasn't. Um, but yeah, I'm quite pleased. I've got one. You one up. right this season or this meeting. You're one up because neither of us got the uh, lead in the championship correct either. No, nope. uh, I went for Tom Ingram, which. No. I think we both went for Ingram. Yeah, and we were both incorrect. Yeah. It was Colin uh, Turkton from Dan Camish. He's not too far off, though, Ingram. Um, no. It's uh, fairly tight at the top. I was going to say, and whilst it's fairly early, I think those five that are there now yeah. in Turkton, Camish, Sutton, Sutton Butcher. Butcher, and Ingram are going to be the five that battle out for the title. I think already you're seeing those five in a class of their own. Yeah, I think there's only ten points between first and fifth there. Yeah. Um, and... I think as long as they can stay consistent and stay reliable, um, I think each one of them may have a bad weekend sometime this year, but it's who makes the best of that bad weekend. Yeah, and I say those five already seem to be in a class of their own at the front. Yeah, well, we also, once the race weekend was over, we decided that we would grade the drivers, and we agreed on grades, going from A star to a U, um, and... We, we've had a few debates on this, haven't we? Yeah, there's still some I'm not entirely happy on. and We've, we've compromised on many, but there's still a few we're going to argue about into this. So we'll run them down in championship order. Um, Turkington, for me, was a B. Um, the car looked a bit sluggish at the start of race one. Uh, struggled with weight on board in race three and didn't quite make the progress as it would have done last season. Whereas I think you're being a bit harsh, put it on pole, two podiums and a top uh, point scoring finish and a top 10 finish at that. I don't think you could ask for much more, to be honest with you. He takes the pole, second in race one. Okay, you could argue he could have perhaps won it, but I'm surprised he didn't catch Dan Camish in race one. I have to say, but you don't know if the contact with Ash caused any little unsettlements in the car. Dominated race two. I mean, absolutely dominated race <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, did. And then top 10 in race 3 with full balance. For me, that's a pretty good weekend. Yeah, my, my only, only question with race 1 is if Ash hadn't, Sutton had still have been there, would he have still won it? No, but if Jake had finished <laughs> race 1, I might have been <laughs> won all the predictions. So, um, uh, for me, it's a little bit harsh to give him a B. Okay. Um, Camish, for me, B. Yep, I agree Solid weekend, uh, got a race win, and was decent in qualifying. Yeah, decent performance. Nothing outstanding, but decent. Yeah. Butcher, uh, I think we've now agreed on an A. Yeah, I've twisted your arm on this because yeah. we, we sat here on the Thursday and both continue to say he's got a fairly weak team. Yep. In, if you look at the ability on paper, what they've achieved. Considering what they've done last season, yep. Yep. And the drivers, you know, yep. lost Tom and uh, Kane uh, Hamilton. And then you've got, they've got a brand new car that wasn't outstanding in the tests. No, showed so, so some decent pace, but we thought, okay, it's testing, maybe yeah. running low fuel, trying different setups and stuff like that. And then in the rainy, greasy qualifying, Butcher puts it where he does. Did well. Very impressively. And for all the weekend, had pace. I know you wanted to mark him down because he didn't get a win. Yeah, but I thought he could have pushed a little harder um, in that first race. But I would counteract that with, he's still learning where the biting point of the tyres are, where they start to go off, he's still learning on managing a car through race pace and race conditions, 
uh, and he's still got a focus on getting set up right for the ever-changing conditions that British motorsport offers. <laughs> I think he did a pretty good job. And to be in that top five in the championship, I mean, I don't think it, either of us predicted that. <laughs> it's a bit like last season, really. <laughs> well, yeah. And he, he's continued to show what a fantastic driver he is. Yeah, he certainly developed well. Uh, Sutton and A. Yeah. Um, the only reason for me that he's missed out on an A star is because of that race one, unfortunate with the spin. Otherwise, I think he would have been easily an A star. Yeah, it's hard to know what he could have done differently in race one, isn't it? Perhaps not push Dan so Dan doesn't push him back into the path of Colin, maybe. I mean, it's a move that I think he had a right to make. Mm. Um, and like you, A, the pace he's got on that is frankly terrifying. And the rest of the field will be staying, having sleepless nights about <laughs> what they're going to do when that car gets behind them. So will Moffat, wondering where his pace has gone out of his uh, infinity. I imagine there'll be a, a frank Zoom call between the two today. <laughs> uh, Ingram, uh, we've gone for B. Yeah, I think you're being kind, I have to say. Okay. I have to say. I, I, I initially had him as a C. Yep. I think that you look at where he was... Uh, and okay, yeah, three top six finishes across the weekend. That's very good. That will win yeah. you titles. That puts you in the in the hunt for, for the ultimate silverware. Yeah. But he was disappointed not to have a podium, considering that he was racing Butcher ahead, who's okay. Yes, he's done very well, but he's still learning the car. Yeah. He didn't really cause him any problems. I mean, if you've got a new guy learning the car, make it difficult for him. Mm. Make him make a mistake. Make him worry about where he's putting the car and what have you. Put him in awkward positions. Didn't yeah. do that enough for me. You know in race uh, two I think he let Oliphant through a little bit too easily near the end of the race where he should have probably got the podium so that consistency when you wins your titles though it does I agree and it, I say don't take away the fact he's got three top sixes but I think I think he'll be disappointed not to have had a podium as well given yep. that he ran and how good that car is and the fact that he got a win there last year yep uh, Oliphant in seventh in the championship uh, a B yep. a solid weekend for him um, nothing really else to speak about uh, it's good for him to get a podium early on I think I think that's going to be really good for his confidence in trying to move forward in the car this year yep. um, he's actually looks a pretty good racer speed wise just needs to work on the race craft but mm. he's done everything WSI would have wanted from him this weekend uh, Smiley in 8th also gets a B uh, what could have been possibly in that final race if Ash wasn't on this planet yep. <laughs> uh, Matt Neal 9th in championship C pretty bog standard weekend for Matt Neal wasn't it solid yeah. point scoring and all he needed to do. Nothing flash, nothing bold. I must admit, he's very laissez-faire now about letting <laughs> he is. people pass him. He didn't really give... I, I, you know, I guess I'm slightly hypocritical, as I said earlier, not to... you know, If you if you can't keep the position, don't fight it. But he didn't really He fight. doesn't want any aches and bumps at his age. <laughs> I dare you'd say that, too. <laughs> uh, Morgan in 10th, for me, gets a B. Um, yeah, A really, really solid weekend for a car that we thought was going to be quite dire we've written it off yeah let's be honest and uh, I'm about to eat a slice of pie with a side order of humble so <laughs> uh, Cook 11th in the championship a C uh, a decent weekend struggled in the first race with that little bit of contact but made up for it with a podium in race 3 yeah couldn't, couldn't disagree with that Jackson a C as well consistent weekend see I wanted to give Jackson a B personally I think I think I accept perhaps knocking it down to a C for the instant which got him a verbal warning but when you look at three points finishes mm-hmm. got to grips of the car very quickly by his own admission his driving style was different to Butcher yep. and he's had to learn differently to Butcher because they can't just share information in the same way because they don't drive in the same way Yep. and actually a fifth in race three is pretty good as well fifth is pretty good but we know what the potential of the car is yeah I'd agree I, I think C if he hadn't had the altercation with Morgan I think I'd mm. be pushing harder for a B but yeah 
I think also there's lots come from Ori this year and I'm looking forward to seeing him develop as the year goes on most definitely uh, 13th in the championship is Jelly uh, I've, I pushed on a B here mm. I know you weren't as keen because of his incident in race 3 which was much of his own making but two solid ninth position finishes in race 1 and race 2 a decent qualifying as well in those tricky conditions it's showing more consistency than he did last season Yes, but when you line up in the front four uh, spots on the grid, going into a race three with no with limited ballast, you shouldn't be then finishing it in the back of the grid due to problems you've made yourself. Yeah, uh, mechanical problems you can't foresee. Yep. fine, but no, for me, <sighs> should have done better in race three. Should have capitalised where he was. Yeah, the the potential was there, and I think that's probably what edged it to a B for me as well. Because if he hadn't had that, then he'd have been three solid point scores and a decent qualifying and a good weekend for him. Um, Chilton, uh, <laughs> a D. Yeah, he's haunting my nightmares after that. <laughs> yeah, D for me. I mean, as I said to you earlier, I, I didn't even realise he turned up. No. Hopefully he'll get to grips with that car soon. Yeah, as you say, it is difficult in a new car, but I was expecting more from Tom. Uh, Osborne, a C. Um, a solid outing from him mm. uh, until, obviously, those mechanical issues curtailed his weekend. But qualifying and race pace in race one was really good. Yeah, I feel for that because you know he looked to be at home at the top of the grid, which is what you want to see. Um, hopefully, they can get the car sorted for Brands next time out. I think C is fair, yep. but a real surprise. Uh, Bobby Thompson in sixteenth, C as well. Yeah, good weekend, solid point scoring, race well of Gornell. Didn't send him up into the barrier, which is always good. Uh, <laughs> Don't crash with your teammate. Exactly, shortly he won't be pulling out. Uh, well, he won't be pulling out of his hair over that. Uh, Crease in 17th a D uh, it's a poor weekend knowing what that car can do for I me I disagree you know I think a C is fair for him second season in the touring cars last year it was a debut but you can't really learn much in the car he, he had possibly one of the silliest incidences this weekend on the restart of the same yeah, car in race that. 2 he clips the rector cell barrier yeah I grant, you, I grant you that I grant you that but in his second season in a car that is it's not just a step up, it's a different game to what he was playing last yep. year. He's now gone from Peterborough United to Real Madrid. Well. <laughs> right. To Valencia then. Yeah, it's a bit, it is a big step up. I think I think C is a slightly fair. He still took points. He still yeah. raced well still where he was. And he raced well where he was. He looked, you know, he looks at home in the BTC in that car. Yeah. So, mm, I think C is better. Uh, Bordley in 18th at a C a nice solid weekend for him um, struggled in the first race but obviously getting to know the race pace of that car um, was much improved in race 2 and 3 I think what's really encouraging for both him and Chris that by race 3 they look to have found the sweet spots of those cars and mm. were you know, really competing for points and hopefully that's a, a sign of things to come yeah. uh, Morgan down uh, sorry Moffitt down in 19th a D um, silly error on the grid giving him a 10 second penalty no real race pace I know he said the engine was down on power on his side of the garage um, but I wonder if he's fishing for some excuses there I mean I almost I agree with D I almost put him at an E just because of how yeah. much Ash was out on him on yep. his first weekend in the car but it's hard to see what the other than having a teammate that might be able to help you it's hard to see what the positives are for Morgan uh, mm. Moffat sorry out this weekend isn't it yeah Twentieth, uh, Andy Neat, a C. Yeah, strong weekend from Andy. Um, One error aside in qualifying. 
and finished all three races. Yeah, and about instant. Yeah. You know, didn't get involved in silly scraps, raced where he needs to race. He'll be learning the car. He's not been in the series for a long time. A really a really promising, solid grounding uh, to, to kick on for the season. Uh, Jake Hill is the only ungraded we've got this week, and that is mainly down to the mechanical issues that that car had. We just didn't see him long enough, because it was such a promising qualifying. Yep. Opening laps in race one, he looked really good. He was up there, he was <coughs> battling. But how do, you, how do you grade a person that then started race two and then was in the pits within a couple of laps, and then same story for race three? Yeah impossible to, to grade him this a, a, a superb effort from the team to get him out for race 2 after yeah. that oh, engine yeah. change um, Gornel a C another consistent weekend alongside Bobby um, and was pushing him at times and in race 1 before he ran into mechanical failure was actually ahead of Bobby and racing really really well really yep. really hard so yeah I'd agree with a C uh, positive start looking forward to seeing what he can do in that car uh, Boutel uh, D yeah, it always be difficult. Yeah, you know, again, I think normally you might go for an E in these circumstances. However, given that uh, he was not in the BTCC this time last week, no. at that time of recording, <laughs> um, and he's now been thrown into a you know, one of the hardest motorsport series in Britain. It's elite, mate. It That's why I can't? Why we can't have any spectators? You're still not got over that, have you? Nope. Um, so yeah, I think a D is fair. I think he will look to build on this. He'll learn a lot this weekend. Yes. Uh, a goth C see I think you're being too kind so I've gone for a D so he was the best or the best finisher of the Volkswagen hard team yeah but he's up against a scholar <laughs> he's up against in his own team he's up against a, a man who's never raced before who had to cram in <laughs> nine races to get his licence albeit he did very well in those races yes, he but did. he had to cram us in to get One his eight of them. Well, yeah, but he's, yeah, <laughs> but you again to use the Peterborough analogy, you're playing at League One in those parts to a degree, mm. and they made the leap into this. So you wouldn't expect Brown. If Brown does outscore Goff, it's going completely wrong, you'd say. So just to put this into perspective, Goff last season only scored points seven times, and that includes that race win. Yeah. So outside of that race win, six mediocre points finishes. I think. Yeah, he had a broken toe link in the final race. Um, possibly could have finished a little higher. But I think he did what he could do with that car. We know how bad that car is. I think I'm, I am slightly harsh on Goff because I remember the Wicks specifically yes. how good he was. Yeah, he, he's a very good driver, but to you need to put a good driver in decent machinery at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to his teammate then, Brown. A D for me. A D, yeah. Um, he had that little incident in race three, uh, sorry, race two with Boutel, um, which caused damage, and also he had clutch failure as well. We think in race one, so yeah, he he needs more lap time. Yeah, but again, what do you really expect him to do this weekend? No. Uh, Hamilton, for me, an E. I, I think you're being too harsh. Oh, I've gone from too kind to too, too harsh. harsh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the only driver that's brought out the safety car twice this weekend. Finished, win finished in, <laughs> finished in the gravel, twice. And yeah, you, if you're getting used to a new car, keep it on the track at the very least. Yes, okay, you may be half a second slower keeping it on track. But you're then building your confidence in that car. Yeah, but if he's then that half second slow, we'd be berating for being too slow and being however many seconds off the pace. So, 
but I, then I, I think it is a case if he can't really win either way that, on that one. That, the, the first instant they had to put him off into the gravel was silly for me. Not as silly as the second one, though, for me. I think the second one's even sillier. Yeah. I think losing it into the chicane, coming off the fast straight... I think Clipping you... both barriers. Yeah, but that's also a little bit unlucky, because you saw cars clip him and get nothing, no yeah. damage whatsoever. So there's a little bit of un- unluckiness in that, the way he clips both and it spins him round. Because, yeah. as you said, Kreese took it out and got away with it completely. So yeah. I think that's like unlucky. Race 2 is the one that sticks out for me, because on completely on his own. Mm. And in Race 1, Ash was behind him. Do you panic a little bit? I don't know. But race two is the one for me, completely on your own and spin yep. it around. But I think, you know, he's he's trying to learn the car still. It's his first time racing a saloon car yep. pro- properly for a full season. Yeah, I accept that. Um, and then race three, he did seem to learn from it. He finished the race. Yeah. I think D, I think D's better. And what do you expect from him? What do you want from him? The same way you were saying about what can Goff do. What, do you, what can Nick honestly do? So I, I expect him, having been in the sport a year or two, give or take... I'd expect him to be doing better than Brown, who's only been racing for eight races. Well, he did in race three. Yeah, but in race one and two, it's, it's silly mistakes. Yeah, but I think over the season, Nick will do better than Brown. Albeit, this is grading this weekend, I accept. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just think that, yeah, if he'd done, if he'd had this weekend in the BMW, then yes, I'd agree with the E, but what can you honestly expect him to do in the car he's been given? To keep it on track. Yeah, but Goff didn't do that. Brown didn't do that. Goff did. We don't We don't know how he came across his failure in race three, but Goff kept it on the track. But that'll also play in your mind that Goff's had problems with the same car all weekend, mechanically. That will play at the back of your mind yeah, as you go to down the brakes. It will. But Goff had brake failure in qualifying. Yes. That's going to play on your mind every time you dab your brakes in the same car. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I think you've got to be realistic in what, what you can expect from Hamilton in that car. I, I think when he scores points, he's going to be up there getting a B at least. I'm sure he'll thank you greatly. <laughs> uh, and finally, then, Proctor. Is he bottom of the championship? Oh, effectively, with the the non finishes yeah. and the issues that he's had this season, or this weekend, should I say. Um, I've given him a D. He showed good promise in race one until the turbo decided that it didn't want to turbo anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that really put pay to the rest of his weekend yeah every time he started to show promise and make uh, progress through the field a mechanical issue hampered him so I think yeah these are obviously not being able to get out in race 2 and then starting at the back for race 3 it really screws your weekend over and he'll be disappointed that a podium's already come for that team yes. yeah, you know, selfishly he'll be disappointed that that podium's already come and he's been outshone massively in this opening round well Shall we move on to our driver of the day, surprise of the day, and villain of the day? Yeah, we'll rattle through those. Go on then, who's your driver of the day? Yeah, it's Ash Sutton for me. Yeah. Uh, the pace is ridiculous. Um, yeah. I thought in qualifying, well, it's wet, it's Ash, you know, it is what it is. And then in the race, it's ridiculous. And some of the moves he pulled off were insane to yeah. the absolute millimetre of getting it right. So yeah, Ash Sutton, 100%. Uh, for me, it's Morgan. Yes, you've gone for Sutton, had a great weekend. Morgan, I think we were expecting even less from that car. Yeah. Um, and to consistently score points in all three races is something that he will look to very much build on and develop on this season. Yep. I mean, before we go to a bit of a surprise, saying in cheek, Ash Sutton could have been all three of mine. <laughs> he, he isn't, but yeah. 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 So my villain 
of the weekend uh, it's Tom Chilton I don't want to rag on him too much but <laughs> you know just because he was your prediction for the title I know you didn't I know you didn't back that prediction you thought it was a little bit crazy but you surely weren't expected to have the weekend like this no he hasn't had a great weekend um, only a couple of point scoring finishes it, yeah we expect to see him much higher up the grid for such an experienced individual yeah and I know that Cook, you'll say Cook's had a year in the car but you know I, I don't even remember Tom looking racy at any point no my villain of uh, the day was Moffat. Um, much for the same reasons is that seeing what Sutton got out of the car, um, Moffat had that silly mistake on the grid, was nowhere near the pace, and just didn't look racy either. No, I'd agree with that. Your surprise? Uh, Chris Smiley. Yeah. You know, we, we thought the Hyundai's <laughs> might come on strong towards the end of the season. I certainly didn't expect to see a podium for that car this weekend. No. I, I really didn't. Uh, I think we said that if they could get a couple of top ten finishes, then they'd see that as a very good weekend. Yeah. Well, Smiley scored points in all three races. Yeah. And he was deemed, presumably, not good enough for BTC. <laughs> presumably. <laughs> Maybe with sponsorship money. But he's been replaced. Well, whether he's been replaced at BTC. Yep. Uh, and he's come back and made his replacement look very silly this weekend. So yes, he has. He, yeah, surprise. And I didn't see... Uh, didn't see it coming one iota. Yeah, him alongside Sutton for me were the surprise of the day. Um, just to see, obviously we saw in qualifying that Sutton had good pace, but we know how good he is in greasy conditions. To then transfer that to all three races effectively, um, we I just didn't see it coming. No, and the other two I did toy with would have been Osborne to be completed the weekend yep. after race one, and Motorbase, who I wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah. that from them either, to be fair. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much sums up the uh, review pod. I have written on our website, btcppodcast.co.uk, my five talking points on the weekend. So if you need more BTC action in your lives, go and read that. It's not too long. We'll be back later this week, a two-for-one deal with the preview for Brands Hatch. Yeah, it's going to be a busy uh, busy month this month, isn't it, with four different races? Yeah, four. Was it five events in, no, four events in five weeks? Yep. Yeah. It's going to be a busy busy time for us. But as you heard, go and have a look at uh, that article on our website, along with all race reports and qualifying report, uh, yep. which we were able to do after each race and qualifying. And go back and laugh at us for our team previews. Where we, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did say Ash will get the win this year because it's what he does, and I've yep. been proven right on that one for the yep. race tools brief. So, yeah, good. Um, but yeah, we hope to see you next time out at Brands GP, um, and we'll have a podcast up for you later this week. Yep, until then, bye-bye. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 